and welcome to the Board Game Dojo. My name is Eric. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I am here with Ben. Ben, how is life over there in the UK today? Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, not too, too bad outside and um, plenty of games to play. So all good. Yeah. I like that the bar of UK weather is just like, it's not too bad because bad, bad is just the normal. <laughs> uh, bad is when it's hot, if you ask me, but you know, <laughs> British people jumping straight to the weather. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel, I feel that um, it's starting to finally not feel like summer, which is good. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, and hope everybody out there is also doing fantastic today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, whether it's your first episode, you listen to every episode or somewhere in between. We sincerely, sincerely, sincerely thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our small little podcast. So right away at the top of the show, we have couple things to talk about before we get into our main conversation today, which is going to be all about Essen. Because Ben, did you know that it is written that if you are a board game podcaster, you have to do an Essen episode, like a, like a hype episode? Uh, no. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I can find some hype about it. Um, yeah, been doing plenty yeah. of reading about it, so it's all good. It's in the fine print it, it, that you have to do some kind of like, uh, it's like a, like a pre-anticipatory one, and then you have to do a haul episode afterwards. So, so you mean I didn't you know. read it and I just skipped to accept? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yep. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, I should have I should have made that a, a little bit bigger. Um, <laughs> but that's actually part one of the two announcements that we have at the top. But let me start with the the disclaimer that we should talk about. We've talked about this before on our psychology sponsored content episode. That uh, when you have a business relationship with someone, you should you should definitely disclose it. Um, I do some freelance work for Ben now. Um, I am a freelance translator and freelance cultural consultant. Um, if you're interested in either one of those services, um, you should definitely contact me, boardgamedojopodcast at gmail.com. Um, but Ben has hired me on a couple of occasions to write some stuff. Um, any of the, like, the shop operations has nothing to do with me. So if you use the promo code that we put, uh, which is still in operation until the end of September for travelgames.co.uk, um, it's all yep. caps, boardgamedojo5. Um, I don't get any cut of that. Like I don't make any money based on like if you make purchases from the Board Game Dojo um, or anything like that. I'm not a part of that, but I did just want you to know that I have done some translation work for Ben. Um, but you know, it might be cool if you say that you're here or shopping at the store from the board game dojo, because Ben is now a part of the dojo. That's the exciting announcement we have today. Um, you will be joining us once a month. We thought it'd be really cool for, um, just, we have the opportunity to cover more games, Ben, from the stuff that he gets in from the shop and, me just having my collection from South Korea and Japan. So I think that would be really exciting. We'll have some chats. We'll talk about some random topics and talk about a lot of games that you're getting. So Ben, welcome to the dojo. I am not calling you Ben Sensei uh, though. No. Not doing it. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, you, you've like, yeah, your translation work has been really good for it. Um, it saves me sending weird, um, Google translated, DeepL translated messages that probably don't mean anything what I think they mean when they arrive at their uh, destination. So I'm probably asking for several games and they probably think I'm asking for six cats and um, a Frisbee brought to me on a wheelbarrow. So yeah, it definitely gets around those kind of things and helps um, me come, helps things come across a bit more polite and uh, fitting. So that, that's really good. Um so, yeah, but I'm really excited to be, yeah, be on the podcast as well. Um, and, you know, we've got plenty of things we can talk about. There's lots of new games in and we started doing secondhand games, which means I get an opportunity to play them because they're secondhand whether I've played them or not. Um, uh. So, yeah, we you know, we get a bit more exposure to those kind of things. Uh, and on a bit of a whim, I tend to pick up anything with a weird name or that looks a bit strange. So that might bring a bit of amusement uh to things as well so yeah i mean i think we we go after different kinds of games yeah you go after anything that has a hedgehog on it is a game that you will play and so you know there'll be a lot i think the increase in hedgehog talk on this podcast is going to go up exponentially um (laughs) definitely um although i don't know how that works mathematically speaking since there was zero before so like zero squared is still zero i guess i shouldn't take that literally but um, 
Yeah. And also, if you're following the rules of hedgehog, hedgehog dilemma, sea urchins also class as hedgehogs. So do pufferfish. Anything spiky is basically a hedgehog. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's how that works, like biologically speaking. No, it's not, but that's how it works in hedgehog dilemma. So, you know, there's a there's a few get out clauses there if we want to talk about anything spiky. Well, in that case, I think my ex is a hedgehog because her personality was very spiky. <laughs> um but let's get to the main point for today, which is Essen, because it's both of our first times going to Essen. Uh right? It is your first time going to Essen, right? It is, yeah. It's it's my first board game convention, actually. So Oh man. It's that's yeah, so exciting. Is there something the you're like ex- <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't really get much bigger than that. Um is there something you're like excited or particularly nervous about or anything? Probably a little bit nervous about the sheer volume of people, um, if I'm honest. Um, but you know, that, that comes with it. Um, but yeah, lot, and a bit nervous about the kind of number of things I want to get around in the short amount of time that I have to get around them. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be great to be honest. Um, really excited to kind of meet and talk to different publishers and designers that I've been conversing with through emails, chats, those kind of things, and actually see them in person um, and have a bit of a chat because I think you lose a lot of kind of that um, communication just through not being able to see the person and that kind of thing. So quite looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's nice uh, to put face meeting, to the names. Yeah. Um, we've recently, br- well, I say we, uh, Travel Games have uh, kind of recently branched out into uh, publishing, um, I can't relate what it is that we're publishing, but I get to meet the designer in person this time, which will be really nice because at the moment all I've done is spoke to them over email. Um, so that's quite Ooh. exciting. That's probably fairly high up on my bill. Um, and hopefully, yeah, by the next podcast, I'll be able to tell people what that is going to be. Um, but at the moment... I feel like you're just bragging about it now. Yeah, I'm just, just winding you up. <laughs> it's like... Here's the mysterious project that you can't know about for another month. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tease, though. It means that, you know, people got to come back to to hear about this announcement. Yeah. So, and you're kind of going at it, like, in this weird angle, too, where it's going to be different. Because I think you're just going for one day, and I'm going for two. Like, I'm going Thursday and Friday. You're going, oh, no, you're going Saturday and partly on Sunday. Yeah, so I've got a day and a half to leg it round. Yeah. Are you going at it? Like, is it going to be weird going to this convention where it's like, where I've, I've heard Essen is mostly like, it's a lot more balanced than the Tokyo game market is. The Tokyo game market is very like, you purchase your games. You don't play the games there at all. Yeah. There's there's like a few booths that have a demo, but it's like, not really because you it's just don't have the time. Yeah. yeah. It's like a pop-up shop where Essen I hear is more of a balance. And that's the thing too. Like I haven't, I haven't been and I don't, know anybody who's bet hmm. which is different so i have no idea what to expect but is it gonna be weird for you to go and as like kind of a store owner really and be like okay well there's some games that i want for me and there's some games that maybe i want for the shop and then when you play the demo you have to be like oh is this crap though is this not gonna really sell <laughs> like yeah it's it's a weird one um to be honest everything that i go in the shop i kind of look at as a Either will it suit, do I like it, or will it suit those kind of groups I'm not a part of? So I I don't have children. um, So I do think about it from that perspective on the side, um, as that because I know that's my blind spot. So I will look at things that are maybe not aimed at my group. Um, But apart from that, if it's something that is in my group, if I don't think it's very good or I think there's some flaws in it, I don't want to import it, then sell it onto someone else and then have a bad time with it. So anything I think is like not going to come across very well, either in the translation or if the cards need 5,000 paste-ups or basically anything that's going to give you a bit of a rough time or a hard sell to get it to the table, I tend not to stock. So I look at it a bit more objectively in that way. Um, But essentially, I just don't want anyone to have a bad time with imports on their first time or second or third and then go, oh, this isn't for me and then go away. Um, because there's some excellent games, um, which you don't need English rules for. The cards are completely independent, which I'm sure everyone already knows, um, which become available to you as long as you know that's there. 
Um, so most of my group's favorite games have not been released in the UK. What are some of the games that your group really enjoys? Um, so we've been playing an awful lot of Harvest. It's usually like a, a starter or a finisher um, for most Um evenings mainly whilst stragglers turn up and that kind of thing because you know you can start setting up it goes up to six so if there's four of you and you're waiting for a couple of people if they turn up just as you're about to start no big problem we just took an extra board on the table um and if they do turn up a bit later you know it's over and done within 10 minutes so they're not waiting around too long um we did uh, we had a phase on 535 that was quite good um i haven't played that for the last couple of weeks and Circus Flocati, the um, Japanese version. So, ah, uh, yeah, that's no Takara Summer Treasures, yeah. the least creepy version. Because <laughs> that, yeah, one? what is up with the art on that thing? Like the yeah. the summer one is really nice, but the other art is just weird. The Victorian like human being bodies with flea heads is definitely the weirdest of the bunch, but. The Korean, like, cartoon fleas is okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely a weird game. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah, it, it, but we kind of just cycle through fairly light um, imported games, um, trying to get Schadenfreude to the table at the moment, but you have to sneak those trick, take, trick takers in, like the veg with my group, which I'm sure I mentioned last time. Yeah, I re- yeah, I remember you talking about that. I don't know if I would classify that as a light game, though. I guess no, it's, it's not. not. It's not really a light game, but it's small box card game kind of thing. Are there any games that are yeah. on your radar for Essen that you're already thinking of either bringing to the shop or bringing to your game group? Yeah. So interestingly, like for the imports, it's easy to import from um, kind of South America, America, uh, Asia, all those kind of areas. Importing from Europe is really, really hard. Um, so a lot of them are kind of more European things. Um, I think most people are scared by Brexit legislation and posting and things. So they just, they either have a UK distributor like Asmodee or Spiral Galaxy or one of those. And, but they only import games with English rules. So hmm. the games I want have German rules or Spanish rules or French rules so I would really like X game and they'll go, oh, but we've got an English distributor. So I contact the English distributor. They don't stop the games I want. So you just end up in this loop. So I'm hoping by going and seeing physical people in, in person, um, we can kind of discuss that and work, work through it that way. So it's surprisingly hard to get those European games. So I'm yeah, excited to go and find uh, Zingazam is a big one that I want um, for the shop. Um, what is that? Which is... So having, I haven't played it um, for obvious reasons. Um, it's a game designed by um, the same person who designed Pococo. So I think he also has a YouTube channel called Adam in Wales. Oh yeah, I was going to say it's Adam something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of his designs and it's a trick taker with Hanabi style hands, except for one card. So one card's facing you, the rest of your hand is facing away. Um, and you also, the cards also have what I would describe as exploding kittens style special powers. So you might be able to play cards from someone else's hand to the middle and force them to play a low card or a high card. You can reflect numbers and all sorts of like strange little powers. Um, so that's quite appealing. Um, it kind of takes trick taking and mix mashes it with that kind of, exploding kittens type thing with Hanabi, which is always a, yeah. I have a, I quite like backwards hands. So we've got another game called Alica Blast, uh, which comes from Brazil. That's another backwards hand one. Um, so Is that the one that's like, has kind of the Pokemon thing? Is that that one? Yeah. Yeah, Alica, Alica. Blast is kind of Pokemon cards mixed with Hanabi. Oh, yeah. wow. I did uh, not. I'm like looking at pictures of, of this. He really yeah, likes quite, the like really going like the other way thing because doesn't Picoco also Picoco also has that? Uh, I went. I, I guess it's Hanabi style, yeah. but like you don't see your own cards, but everybody else sees it. Yeah, um, but I, uh, yeah, I also really like the art in Zingazam. The name doesn't really suggest what it's going to be, but it's kind of like uh, wizard animals. So there's like a wizard crocodile, um, 
a explorer fox, um, a mage polar bear, that kind of thing. Um, but it's all in very whimsical kind of pastely art, which is quite nice. So, yeah, that one is pretty high up on my list. How about you? Um, you, there is there is a few. It, I think I'm looking at a lot of uh, like these like big either groups of games or like big trends that I'm noticing with Essen of, mm. uh, for example, it seems like South Korea is really coming out swinging yeah. <laughs> for this Essen of like, there's so much, like all of their big publishers are going to be there and they're coming with new things. Um, so for example, uh, Dice Tree is a, is a publisher out in South Korea that is mostly known for their kind of like a bit ostentatious publishings of like Rainer Knizia classics, like especially like the modern art one that has like the metal coins and a real gavel in there. It's like 60 pounds for it. See, yeah. I'm already adjusting to you. Look at that. That's just like me being a plus host. <laughs> good. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's super expensive, but it's like really nice. They have a really nice copy of winner circle. They're basically like most of their games are just them translating into Korean. And but they're coming out with their own original re-implementation of an old game called Leonardo da Vinci's Codex Lester, which is a re-implementation okay. of Leonardo da Vinci, which is a game that I've never played. But the thing that makes me interested in this is that it is literally Dice Tree's founder that is okay. kind of designing this new version of it. So it's kind of like they're going out into their own thing now. So I'm yep. just interested to see that, like, it feels a bit, um, I don't want to say, like, Uchibakoya, where they were kind of their own, um, like, they were known, they were like a meeples company first, and then they went out and started designing their own games with yeah. with the meeples, and that's how you got, like, you know, Aqua Garden now, and you get Ostia now, and things like that. Like, it feels like maybe we're getting into that with Dice Tree of, like, they have been known for their really good quality products, and now they're going to maybe start designing their own stuff. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what that is. But the other thing that caught my eye was I was scrolling down the designers for uh, just to see if like, you know, who are they bringing? Because, you know, like Mondu usually brings in, uh, you know, outside designers and things like that. So I was like just scrolling. And one name caught my eye, which was Lee Sedol. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Mm. And I'm like, where have I heard that name before? Like, where, where have I heard that name before? Oh, he's the fellow, like, he's like the former international, like, Go champion. Oh, okay. He's the one that uh, when Go, uh, yeah, not when Go, when AlphaGo, the Google AI, beat him in Go, that was when they finally said, like, okay, nope, AI is now better than humans at Go because they were able to beat Lee Sedol. And now he has designed three games that are coming out that are basically, like, modernizations of traditional abstract games. So <laughs> I'm really interested to see what he can do since he's like a master. He was the grandmaster of Go and seeing what not, there's like a couple that have bluffing as part of it, but they're all like these modernized abstract games. So I'm interested to see what that entails exactly. See what he can do with it because he's not retired from Go because he was just like, you know, AI, it, it's no use. AI is going to beat us all anyway. I'm yeah. paraphrasing, <laughs> of course, but. Essentially, yeah, yeah. He, he already retired, so it's like, okay, interesting. Let's see what what he can come up with as a as a designer. I'm really kind of curious. I can, yeah, I completely missed that one. That's that's going on to my interested list. So, uh, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, I should say, yeah, I should say the other like on my previous comments about uh, meeting people in person. Uh, we haven't met in person either, have we? So um, no, that's we another. haven't. <laughs> so. <laughs> Despite going on different days, I'm sure we'll uh, try and catch up one of, on one of the evenings. Um, so that'll, that'll be good as well. Um, yeah, because when you chat, it's mostly on Discord or, you know, just Zoom calls like this one here. So, um, yeah, no, I think that'll be quite good. Are you asking, Are you going to go after Nokosu Dice? Oh, I am, yeah. Uh, well, I, I say I am. Um, unfortunately, like, I don't arrive in Germany until like midnight on Friday. So Friday's gone <laughs> and Thursday's gone. So and I'm pretty sure there's only 150 copies going to Essen. So I have a feeling really? they've probably gone by Thursday lunchtime, <laughs> by my guesses. Um, I yeah, don't know. I really don't know. 
I've seen it like a lot of it's it's one of my most requested games um on the requests list on travel games. I've had quite a lot of people reach out and say, Can you get me a copy of this? And <laughs> I don't know, basically is the answer. Um, but what I have done is I have got them penciled in for the next printing, which is in spring. So I should have a few boxes at that point. But um so I'm going to try and get some. Uh, I'll try and get a copy for myself because at the moment I play it with a stick'em deck and a bunch of dice. Um, it is one of those top tier trick takers, definitely. Um, so, um, I, and I've seen it on so many channels, podcasts, etc. Whenever you see a hype chant like hype Essen thing, it is one of the first ones to be mentioned. So I have a feeling there's going to be like stampede, stampede at Thursday, on Thursday morning and uh, it's going to be like Black Friday sales <laughs> of uh, Nikosu dice. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I think by the time I get there, it'll probably be sold out. So, um, but. yeah, I don't, I don't know because it could very well be that they hold some for the weekend and then drip feed them yeah um but i'm also he's like the owner of end games which is the publisher um i'm also excited to like have a chat with them um so um it's one of kind of the shops i intend to go to when i go to japan um it's one of the ones i keep an eye on for new releases uh, yeah but so and to be honest just kind of meeting people and having a chat about things that they're excited about and I'm excited about is always a nice thing to do. But um, yeah, I have a feeling that booth is going to be very busy. <laughs> yeah. How much are they going for at, at SN? I'm like curious. No, there's not a, like, there's not a lot of information on it, to be honest. Um, it didn't show up on the SN app until much later than everything else. And there's still no logos and no pictures Oh, it's only going to be 20 euros. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, that's that's in line with how much it goes for in Japan, actually. that That's the surprising yeah. part to me. I thought there would be a markup, but really that's the same price. No, it does seem like there's not much markup going on in, in S, and it's generally whatever they're retailing for, wherever they've bought them from. Because uh, the it's the same with, like, um, the Mandu games, for example, and the play – is it Platy? Platy? That's it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the ones, that, the one that does um, can't stop and barrel dice and mino dice and all those games. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go with play. Two. Yeah, I, yeah. I I know which publisher you're talking about because it's like P L A Y T E, but I don't know yeah, how to say I'm it. Gonna, maybe like platypus. <laughs> Who knows? You know what? That that's a great reference. Yep. Even though platypus is definitely spelled differently, but yep. Dyslexia sticker. <laughs> Are you looking at other ones too that aren't um, from Japan? Uh, oh, you already said Zingazam, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Zingazam's not from Japan. Uh, that's a, I want to say Lithuanian company, but it might not be. I feel like it's a Lithuanian company that's publishing it. Um, but yeah, that's them. Um the ones for me that I'm excited about to kind of bring home um, aren't Asian games at the moment, which is a bit of a surprise to me. One is um, the Door for Romantic expansion and kind of spin-off. Um, we've played an awful lot of that recently. We've played through the campaign one and a half times now. Um, Whoa. It just makes for quite, yeah, it plays. For, it makes for quite a nice alternative to watching television when you just want to chill at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whatever you do, you're going to score points, which makes it sound really dull. Um, but I think it's the trying to beat yourself, your previous goal, and unlock things. And you've always got like a goal to go towards. Um, and it's quite nice that it's cooperative. Um, but on that note, if you're not feeling particularly like you want to play a cooperative game, they're bringing out the dual version, which at the moment will only be in German. But having played the base game, I don't think that's going to be a big problem, to be honest. Like, you can just Google Lens the unlock cards. The text is pretty simple, so it should be fine. But that brings in working on your own board and they and your opponent works on their own board. You can do it in teams of two. So it just brings a little bit more competitiveness to that game, which I think might go down quite well. Um, 
in the right mood. And also it sounds yeah. like you can combine it with the tiles from the original game and just play massive door for romantic, <laughs> which you probably need a bigger table for. Um, and then there's a mini expansion, which gives me the idea that they're kind of going down that Carcassonne route where they used to release those little tiny boxes with like three tiles in and a, two meeples. Um, so they're bringing out the windmill mini expansion, which has a little standy kind of windmill and a couple of tiles, and then just helps you multiply more things for your fields. So it's a very nice chilled game. Um, definitely one of those, yeah, like I say, TV replacements. And if you put the video game soundtrack on in the background, even more chill. <laughs> so I forgot that it was first a video game. Yeah. It it does. I think I'd prefer it as the in cardboard form. To be honest, with the physicality of it. To be honest, I, and also playing it with other people. I, I don't really. I couldn't really do it as a solo game. I don't think. Um, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. Just doesn't really appeal to me that way. Um, but yeah, definitely not too brain burning, but enough of a puzzle. Um, uh, how about you? Um. Well. So every time I go to a con, I kind of try to find games that I think are going to be a good way to get people into um, gaming in the first place. Um, and usually that means party games. Are you a big party game person? Um, depends what sort. I'm not a big fan of like the charades type party games. Um, ah, so like monikers is yeah. no, time's up, no. Okay. Those kind of things, not really. Um, but um, yeah, so it, it depends. But if you'd class things like your social deduction, things like Avalon or whatever, yes, we quite enjoy those. Um, okay. Certainly not Spyfall. Spyfall is the most despised game in our group. <laughs> I've heard that a lot with Spyfall. I've never played it just because it's like, ah, do I want to risk it? Usually I'm like all for like, okay, either love it or hate it. But I just haven't heard the loves as strong as the hates. Um, no, for that it, game that was terrible <laughs> but i had i think i found mine for this one i originally thought i was going to be like going hard on ito because when i heard that there was going to be an english version of ito coming out i was like oh yeah, yeah. that sounds fantastic that's going to be i mean i've been championing that game since i started playing it right and oh my gosh, the art is so bad. Well, actually, no i shouldn't say that the art <laughs> is so bad because that would actually mean that there is art on the cards and there is no art on the cards. It's like if Splatter Spelling got the rights to Ito. Yep. <laughs> what on earth are they doing? <laughs> this game had like person. I didn't really like the art that much, but at least it had personality. This is just literally like a dark, like a charcoal card that has a line through it, which Ito means thread. I get it. I get it. It's supposed to be one long line. I got it. That doesn't make it good art. What is this? Yeah, it definitely needs something vibrant about it, I think. Um, and also, like, it's not going to inspire any conversation around the game either. Like, when you flip over those cards in Ito or in other games that are illustrated in a similar way, at least they spark some discussion. Because you're like, what is that? Um, right? That kind of response. Whereas if it's just a grey card, it's just a bit meh, really, isn't it? <laughs> So I just so, feel like at this point, like, okay, you know what? They have some example cards online that are in English. Just go play with those mm. and play with the mind deck. Yeah. At that point, like, at least that's some, like, it's going to be the same thing, which like sucks to say, but this is a wraparound to say that I think I did find the party game that I think I'm going to be going after. And it is a game called Stereo Mind. So it is a game in which there is no, like, um, it's a fully cooperative game. That you're literally just okay. trying to beat your previous scores as a team. So it's kind of like just one where it's like, it'll give you, oh, okay, you got like five points this game. You're, you know, you did a not a very good job or you got 10 points yeah. this game. You're doing excellent things like that. And you're just trying to beat your thing. But the gimmick is, is that it will, on the top card of the card deck, you'll scan a QR code and then it'll, on your phone, start streaming a song. And there okay. will be a card on the table that has different words on it. And so everybody at the table needs to put on their dial what word they think best describes the song or what that song makes them think about. And then you're hoping that everybody at the table has to match the word. 
that is on that card. Okay. And if even one person gets it wrong, you fail. Okay, so you've got to be like a hive mind. So even yeah. though I know, I know it's not songs, it's food, but if someone went, what is the best flavor of pizza and you like Hawaiian, but you know that everyone else likes pepperoni, you need to go pepperoni. Yeah. Exactly, even though pineapple definitely belongs on pizza. I will die on that hill. Um, <laughs> I can agree with you on that, so that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it sounds it sounds interesting because like I already explained all the rules to you just right there. We didn't yeah. even need cards to do it. We didn't. It, it takes twenty seconds to describe the rule, and it's kind of cool. Where okay, you know the for the first the original game came out last year, and so it has a variety of like pop songs and stuff. But this year, uh, for Essen, they also are releasing a classical expansion. Yep. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, I've definitely heard this song before, and it makes you think about that classical music in a different way. I don't know. I just think it could be bad. It definitely could be one of those games yeah. where, like, I will end up seeing it at some place that's just like, it's a $10 family game that you're going to end up getting for Christmas. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is that, like, I could explain it in 20 seconds, and we can be up and playing is worth yes. something but i think the only party game i can think of it's it's easy, readily available already it's just one of those that i've been on the fence with so i'd quite like to see it in person uh is done by cosmos so it was released this year um called that's not a hat so it's a bit oh, meant to be a yeah. bit like cockroach poker but i yeah i've, I've been on the fence with it because it looks like it's kind of got like really weird clip art thing and it, to try and beat cockroach poker is quite a high bar to jump i don't so, know if you should be uh, like well i don't know about the art the art's a little bit strange and then you're like i don't know cockroach poker though oh yeah <laughs> i agree <laughs> i agree cockroach poker has proper weird art but <laughs> yeah good point <laughs> um I, yeah but to be honest i don't think i really look at the art in cockroach poker it's you're too busy like trying to work out what on earth chaos is going on around the table um but yeah i just quite like the idea that it gives you phrases rather than just like it's a cockroach or it's a in my case if we're playing royale i forget there's no spiders i always give it to someone and go it's a spider and everyone just goes it's clearly not a spider spiders aren't even in the game ben try again um <laughs> uh, so. i like that you need to like <laughs> your group's just talking to you like a child like <laughs> oh silly ben um there are no spiders in that so you want to try again <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there is a running joke about me and the spider in that game so but yeah i quite like the idea with that's not a hat because there's a bit I, it seems like there's a bit more card counting in a way and kind of trying to remember where that has gone around the table and calling people out because you know it's in your hand um and I think with a bit of expression thrown behind it, it's one of those games, a bit like Sheriff of Nottingham, where if you lean into it, I think it'd be quite a funny game. I think if you played it passively, it's probably going to fall flat. I think there's also the thing of like, and this kind of gets into like a lot of com different conversations of games of like the idea that you should be playing in a way that like you can try to remember as much as you can, but the game is really playing on the fact that you're not going to be able to remember everything. Yeah. So like you're going to remember three cards in and if it frustrates you that after three cards you can't remember that then this isn't going to be the game because the game is supposed to be all about the fact that you can't remember what you played five cards ago. Yeah. And that's supposed to be the humor. Yeah, so um but yeah, that one I'm I think is going to be one of those where I swing by just to see how it plays, what it looks like, that kind of thing. And to be honest, I'll probably end up stocking it, but I don't know. I just feel like it's playing in the same space as something very well known and very well liked so it's got quite high bar <laughs> so yeah. you're coming at the cockroach king you can't miss so speaking of royalty um which is a terrible segue but you know i think one of the if you asked people what are some of the like the royalty of japanese publishers i think oink is up there but i think sashi yep. and sashi is also up there and both of them are going to be there um and it's always interesting to me though be with sashi and sashi and actually oink too of you always hear from a lot of I, I say like quote unquote like big names when they're coming out with new games on like Twitter, I guess X. Um X, the, the artist formerly known as Twitter. Um and 
Instagram of like when they come out. But a lot of the times they like just like completely go away after they're released. Like you hear nothing from them. And this was the case with a game uh, called, I, I think it's like Before the Guests Arrive, which I heard so much hype around when it was released before the Tokyo game market. And I remember having to um, stand there and be like, you know what? I just, I, I either have to choose between the new Sashi and Sashi game and a game that I know I'm not going to be able to get after the game market. So of course I choose like the one I can't get because Sashi and Sashi is easy to get. But I've kind of ended up like being happy that I didn't get it because I have heard nothing about it since it came out. Yeah. Before the guests arrive is like, it's, it's like a set collection game where you're supposed to like clean up the house yeah. before <laughs> people come over. But it is being remade and rethemed for SN. Oh, I've seen this, yeah. Into Hugga. I think that's how you pronounce it. Hugga? Um, Which is I like... I Higgy, but I, I think I'm wrong there. because Higgy? Higgy, higgy, yeah, higgy, think, higgy can't think. you see? Sometimes words just hypnotize me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the uncultured American, so you're probably right. But I'm, probably I'm not. still <laughs> I I don't know though what to think because you know, is it just one of those things where because it's not a big box release, people just stop talking about it? Or is this just one that kind of just fell by the wayside and is waiting for more exposure, kind of like Wine the Film was, where Wine the Film didn't get that much uh, hullabaloo either. No, it's slowly. And then it, it's slowly covered, doesn't it? Yeah, so I don't know which one it's going to be. So I'm kind of interested in just checking out Huga, as well as they have two uh, newer releases that are coming out. They're 2023 releases, um, which is Come Sail Away, which is another collaboration that they're doing with Daryl Chow, um, who they worked with for uh, Remember Our Trip, yeah. uh, which was a game that I that fell flat for me, but I know a lot of people really enjoyed. It's on a lot of like people's like top three for Sashi and Sashi, which is pretty impressive. But the one I'm actually more interested in is Newsboys, which yeah. is one you predicted that I was going to be interested in before we taught. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> but um, because I actually think like one of my favorites from Sashi and Sashi, which I think I'm going to have to do like a top five, top 10, like definitive ranking, of course, that'll never change of Sashi and Sashi. <laughs> one of the ones that I felt was underappreciated was um, let's make a bus route, the dice game. Yeah. Because I think I was in the minority opinion of between let's make a bus route, the full version and let's make a bus route, the dice game. Well, the bus, the, the let's make a bus route was double the price, but I thought, was the same like i thought let's make a bus about the dice game was just as good if yeah. not better especially if you were playing it at two and newsboys kind of looks more in the line of they're trying to iterate on let's make a bus about the dice game where there is a bit of it that's flipping right and a bit of it that's rolling right but the the theme is really cool where your paper boys in brooklyn new york in the 1890s and you're trying to expand your newspaper delivery area, so you're marking off places on your board, but you need to go on strike every once in a while so that you're actually paid what you should be earning for doing those delivery routes. So you shouldn't just be focusing on expanding your area because the newspaper isn't paying you enough to be doing that. Yeah. So it's finding that balance, and I just think that is such a cool idea for And there's sometimes, like, Sashi and Sashi have their very iconic style of artwork, and although I always find it to be pleasant enough, like it's good. It's always good. But some themes just match it way yeah. better than others. The Newsboys theme with the Sashi and Sashi art is a match made in heaven. It's great. Yeah. It works so well. And so although I thought I was kind of burnt out on the idea of rolling rights, there's already two that I'm like on my purchase list, which is Newsboys and probably the collector's edition of Welcome To. Yeah. Um, it's my, it's okay. We're going to do one where we're going to do a video of Sumachan and my top 10 games of all time. If we yeah. hit 500 subscribers and I'm pretty sure that welcome to is going to be on her list. So this is more like probably I'm going to get this, but <laughs> also talking about royalty, I believe your most hyped game has something to do with royalty as well. No, it does. Yeah. Um, so the one I'm most excited for, it, it's a big combination of kind of mechanics, theme, art, everything. 
um, is a game by Zombie Paella, which is a Spanish publisher. Um, and they have very kind of ink-drawn, watercolory art on most of their games. Um, it looks very Nightmare Before Christmas uh, kind of style as well, which I tend to quite like. Uh, it's called Rebel Princess. So um, the idea here is it's a trick-taking game um, where within those um cards that you're playing to the trick there are princes and you are each given a different princess to be for the game and you have to get through i think it's a week i, I might be wrong on that so don't quote me on that so each round is a day and you have to get through the day without being proposed to by these pesky princes so um if you take the trick and it has prince in it then you've you've been proposed to and that's essentially a negative point for you um so you're just trying to go about your life nice and peaceful um yeah <laughs> and just get through your day and yeah it, the art it looks fantastic um uh there's even something to do with a frog which is particularly bad because i think it tricks you into thinking it's not a prince and then it turns into a, a prince um so there's all sorts of little kind of thematic things with various fairy tales um just the whole kind of package comes together really nicely so um so it kind of fits my small box interesting theme i think it yeah i could get people into this quite easy with my sneaking trick table trick takers to the table um so yeah um, i'm absolutely looking this up this looks that sounds so cool you know it actually kind of um reminds me do you, do you know the tale of the bamboo cutter yes it's like an old japanese tale and like these kind of stories always remind me of that uh studio ghibli made a version of it uh tale of princess kaguya yeah um where it's just like she has these people that keep proposing to her because she's so beautiful and she keeps giving them like impossible tasks instead of like because yeah. she's not allowed <laughs> to like say no so she'll like go fetch me this thing that's like impossible to go get um yeah. go get me some tartan paint <laughs> right yeah. yeah, and I don't know. When I hear this stuff like that, it always reminds me of that story. The the hook for Rebel Princess sounds really interesting. Snow White, the Little Mermaid, Cinderella, and many other fairy tale princesses are celebrating a long five day party. The Prince Charmings, who have not been invited, will try to infiltrate the ball to propose marriage to the girls. <laughs> As a princess, you will have to avoid marriage proposals and remain single and independent after the celebrations. Fantastic. This is some good stuff. Yeah, because I think the big thing with trick-taking sometimes is it can be a bit themeless and there's nothing really to lean into in that kind of silly way. Whereas with this, it instantly gives someone a kind of character to kind of bounce off because everyone's kind of grown up with like new Cinderella's and all the kind of Disney princesses of that front. So you kind of already know what their temperament's going to be. So if you've got the right kind of group, you know, you'll lead into that uh, quite well, I think. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that's one good way of coating the games that <laughs> need a bit of theme on top of it um, to get them to play it. So, But these games are yeah. not going to come cheap. Do you have any rules that you're going to be doing like do you are you going in with a budget are you going in with like i can only get like one of this kind of genre or you know certain certain games are you going in with like the i know some people go with like the the size rule will they bring like a certain size of bag and they can only buy that much that fits in the bag uh yeah so my rules so i'm flying over to uh, germany so i'm taking out oh it was an empty bag it's now full of stuff for people who are in europe who don't who to get them past paying postage, basically. Um, it's because I might—I was bringing an empty bag across, so I might as well meet them in Essen and go, here are your games. Um, so I'll have that large suitcase to fill. But obviously that fills up quite quickly, especially if you've got games. So one thing that's going to knock a game out of my list straight away is if it's all box with like three components in it. So anything that follows the splendor rule of, you know, I could fit this into a matchbox, but actually it's in a ticket to ride box. They're not coming. They're not invited. <laughs> um, okay. Because, yeah, um, I think the only exemption for the ticket to ride size box is probably going to be the door for romantic duel, if it's playable being in German. Um, but we'll see when we get there. That's my only exception for that. Other than that, it's very much based on size. <laughs> Um, nothing like 
probably over 30 40 pound unless it's been requested um ah, okay a couple there's of a price limit there. Have, yeah because i'd rather go for kind of i'd rather have quantity and quality rather than just quality one so so yeah size is a big one the more things i can get into my case that are good the better so kind of want a dense case full of fun um the other thing is i'll be posting stuff back as well so um some point on sunday morning shove things in a box post them back um but also i don't want to be running around essing to the car park and back all the time either so yeah it, it's mostly space based more space and volume based than anything else um mm. and some of it will be buying so there's games where i know i want lots of them so i've pre-ordered those in bulk where i can um so things like rebel princess for example um but then there's games where i'm just curious so i'll be going as me and i will go and buy those ones that i'm curious with to play so where i'm not 100 sure but then if they go down well i'll order more of them if they don't then so be it that kind of thing so um but yeah variety i think how about you um for me and i feel kind of bad with it of um I think I'm going to try to limit as much like buying as few Japanese games as possible from Essen. And it sounds, it sounds terrible, but like, like I am going back to Japan for a wedding in November. Right. And there is no way like the yen is terrible right now. It is awful. Like, I think it's almost at like a hundred yen is usually close to $1, but right now it's like close to $1 60. So it's like, it is going to be way cheaper for me to buy the game if it is available in Japan than it would be for Essen. So like, I have been... It's also more available to me. Right. So, and there's the possibility that I can buy it used, so for even cheaper. And so I'm constantly looking out for if a game has a Japanese release, like um, if Sudagai has got it for pre-order or Yellow Submarine has it for pre-order, I'm probably not getting it at Essen. Unless it's like such a nominal difference in price that um, it's just not worth it. Like like the hassle of bringing it over here. But maybe Amalfi Renaissance is probably the heaviest one that I'm, that's on my radar, but that's 65 euros. Yeah. So I'm like, do I want to spend that much or can I afford to wait for it to be cheaper or at least, you know, be at Sudagaya at some point? But maybe I'm just a cheapskate. But, no, no, I, I prefer secondhand games, if I'm honest. Most of my collection is ding and dents and um, secondhands, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, same. But yeah, it's kind of that. That's that's probably it. Is I, I have the same kind of rule for Tokyo Game Market, too, of like, if it's going to be easily accessible afterwards, it's not really worth me getting at the convention. I'm okay with not yeah. being like the first person uh, to be able to play this or something like that. But if it's going to be really hard to get afterwards, really small print run, you know, something like Nokosu Dice where they only get to reprint it every once in a while, like, oh yeah, go after yeah. that one. That's generally my rule. Yeah, I've got I've got a similar one on that front. Like if it's going to release in the UK in a month's time, then I'm not going to haul them back from Germany for a three-week lead time. It's not worth it. So... <laughs> Right, right. Especially if you, if the, someone's like you and I are, where it's like we're okay with waiting and it'll be used, and then you can get it for maybe even you know ten euros cheaper because of it. Yeah, you know that's a whole game at some like mm-hmm. with the small card games that we like. And my other thing with the secondhand games is that you know you you can play them, shift them on, and they're they're still secondhand, aren't they? So right. Um, whereas yeah, if you buy them new all the time, like sometimes like I'm not averse to buying them new. <laughs> But, you know, if you're unsure about it, I tend to find that's the best way to go. Um, and also yep. it opens up being able to get those out of print ones that have been hanging around in the back of someone's shelf for years. <laughs> I'm yeah. also not a sleeping person. Like most <laughs> games, like, the more worn they are, the, the, you can tell they're good. <laughs> I... To wear out again. Oh, I, I have worn out boxes. I have not worn out cards. But I am a sleever for a lot of games, yeah, I've especially like the ones I've where worn out lost Ah, okay. But, I was going to say specifically know, the the games that like I like you are deducing something based on like the cards that somebody else plays. So like mm. if there's like a rip in the top right corner, you know what card that is from now on. Yeah. 
So it's like, you kind of have to sleeve those. Oh yeah, Avalon's sleeved for that reason, actually thinking about it. And I've all, yeah, the only other one I've sleeved is um, Ptolemy. Um, that's another one that I'm looking forward to. So there's no stall, but the designer's there, um, Junil. Um, so he's bringing across some copies that you can pre-order before you go for Ptolemy and for... Was it Hipparchus? It was right on... Yeah, Ride on Hippo, or Hippo Riders, or whatever it was I renamed it to. So for, so for everybody else, for the main population that want to actually call it by the name that it, it is called, it's Hipparchus. Yeah. <laughs> but you um, can feel free to type in Ride on Hippo on Board Game Geek and see what pops up. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but th- that's one I would, if you like your kind of trick takers, climbers, whatever, and you're going to Essen that might be worth looking up before you go because there's no store, but like I say, you can meet up with them and get a copy. We will be posting uh, our review of it on the Monday after this episode will air. It'll go on. So if you're interested in that, that will still be before Essen. It's the same designer as Jekyll and Hyde, I think. So yeah, Um, fairly good pedigree of trick taking and climbing already. So and there's a new Jekyll and Hyde too. Is that why he's yeah, there? There's two, I think. Yeah, I assume he's gone with Mandu. I assume because they're publishing uh, Vampires versus Van Helsing or Dracula versus Van Helsing, which looks like yeah, it's, it's a Dracula spin-off. versus Van Helsing. Yeah. And then there's Jekyll versus Hyde versus Scotland Yard, which looks like it's got a board to it and maybe a bit of like Fox in the Forest duet about it. Um, I don't know. I haven't done too much of a deep dive into that yet. So that's on the to-do list. Well, I think that's about all the time that we're going to have for today. Yeah. Is there any any last things that you're like looking forward to other than the games itself or meeting some people? I know I'm looking forward to getting some food and some good beer. <laughs> we're going to a uh, Dortmund game on the Saturday. So really I'm got, really pumped about that. To be fair, I, I'm not as organized as I should be. <laughs> so... I haven't really thought that far ahead, but uh, yeah, most of it's going to be meeting people, um, playing games, finding games, that kind of thing. So, um, but hopefully, I'll find somewhere nice to go and find, get some food. Um, yeah, see what happens. So, awesome. Well, that is going to be it for today. Ben will be joining us monthly to talk about games and stuff. Maybe he'll even join afterwards so we can, you know, debrief after Essen. Um, yeah, I think that'd be good see whether things live up to our expectations or whether we find any gems that we didn't know existed before we went. Um, yeah. Best laid plans and all that. It's all going <laughs> to uh, change as soon as we get there, but uh, yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to us today. Arigatou gozaimasu. Until next time. Janne. Janne. Janne.